Welcome to Dicey Stuff, the podcast about life, because, well, the dicey stuff is the realest stuff of our lives. Come along as Lois examines living as a Christian woman in this modern age. Time to roll. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Dicey Stuff, the podcast. My name is Lois Matson, and I appreciate that you're here today. I'd like to talk about something, and I can't take credit for coming up with this. I heard it on a YouTube video by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller recently, and it just struck me, and I want to share it with you, the concept, because there are a lot of people we know going through grief right now, and not only grief, but we have people who are ill, we have people who have really difficult decisions to make about their jobs, whether they're going to get a vaccine or not, whether they can keep their job or not. There are a lot of really difficult things that people are going through, and we pray. I've heard many, many people talk about praying, and we pray that God's will would be done, and we pray that he will lead us and show us and give us answers. But I had someone tell me, sometimes it feels like my prayers are just bouncing off the sky, and and God is not even hearing them. Like, there's a big brass dome between me and God, and... He's not even hearing. And I don't know what to pray for because I don't even know what the right thing is. It's difficult. And so I would like to talk about something that is a part of this world. And it's a really fascinating thing. Romans is my hands down favorite book of the Bible. I love it. And chapter eight of Romans is probably my favorite chapter of the book itself. There's something in Romans chapter eight that I think is just fascinating, that was pointed out by Pastor Wolfmuller. Right about the middle of chapter 8, I'm going to read you something for a few minutes, and then we'll talk about it. I'm going to read chapter 8, verses 18 through 30. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the firstfruits of the Spirit, Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. 
So there's something in these verses that is just fascinating. First of all, I think it's really cool that the creation is waiting. The creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. The creation is waiting for redemption, just like we are. And the creation did not fall, not willingly. The creation didn't reach out and take the piece of fruit. The human did, Eve, Adam. But the creation was put under this corruption and under this curse against its desire. The creation was happily going along, being obedient to God's plan and purpose, what he had put in place. The apple trees were growing apples, the pear trees were growing pears, the sun was shining, the animals were growing and reproducing and living and not dying, but the creation will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. The creation was subjected to futility. A professor that I had said that that word futility kind of means nonsense. The creation was subjected to nonsense. The whole thing is just nonsensical. It's foolish. It's futile. And it wasn't even something that the creation chose to do. So now the creation is waiting. And while it waits, the creation groans. It groans in the pains of childbirth. It's waiting to be reborn into what it was meant to be, what it was in the beginning. So we have the creation groaning, and not only the creation. Immediately following, the verse says, We ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. The creation groans as it waits in the pains of childbirth, and we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly, remember, it says eagerly, for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We're waiting for redemption. The creation is waiting and groaning, and we are waiting and groaning. Because we were saved in this hope. And then it says, now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? If you already see it, you don't have to hope for it. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We're waiting patiently for the redemption of our bodies, for the adoption as sons. So the creation groans and waits, and we groan and wait eagerly and patiently. And the next part blows my mind. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings, too deep for words. The Spirit groans. That's just amazing. And when I heard that, my spirit leaped inside me. Because that is our God. Our God is on our side. He is for us. The following verse says, He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 
The creation groans. We groan. And the spirit groans. There's a threefold groaning going on. There's a whole lot of groaning going on in this broken, in this fallen, in this nonsensical creation, in this broken, fallen, and nonsensical humanity. But the spirit is not broken. The spirit is not nonsensical. The spirit is on our side and intercedes for us. The spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So what is the will of God? The will of God is that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of repentance and faith in Christ. It's really interesting that as the Spirit intercedes for us, the next verse says that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And then these things that in the next two verses happen in the past, in the past tense, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. Those things have already worked out, even for those people who are not yet born. In God's grace and in his love, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. It gives us hope, that hope that helps us to see those things that are behind the veil, through the mist. We can't really see them here. But because of the Spirit, because of God's gracious work in us, we see through a glass darkly. We see through a haze the perfection that creation is waiting for and groaning for. We see the adoption that we will someday realize we are heirs with Christ. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And someday we will see that in fullness. Our bodies will be redeemed and made like his glorious body. And the spirit, the spirit will remain. The spirit who helps us in our weakness will remain the same. The Father, the Son, the Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness when we don't know how to pray or what to pray. The Spirit groans for us, always for us, always interceding for us, always on our side. God knows the mind of the Spirit. No one knows the Spirit except that man to whom the Spirit belongs, and God knows his Spirit, and he knows. He interprets the groanings, and he knows what it means, and he saves us. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We have hope. We have hope in the darkness. As we wait patiently, and we have assurance, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. We may not see the good. We may not understand. But we know that God is for us, and he is working in us, and he is always, always saving us. And then the next part of this beautiful, beautiful chapter, verses 31 through 39, say, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Remember, God is for us. 
And if he is for us, who can be against us? The Spirit intercedes for us with groanings. I'm going to read verses 31 to 39 so you know what I'm talking about. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in those verses we read earlier, we have a threefold groaning going on. The creation is groaning, we ourselves are groaning, and the Spirit is groaning. The Spirit is groaning and interceding. And now, in these verses that we just read, Christ Jesus, the one who died, the one who was raised, the one who is seated at the right hand of the Father, he also is interceding for us. He is for us. God is for us, and that means no one and nothing can be against us. Come tribulation, come distress, come persecution, come famine, nakedness, danger, sword. None of those things matter, because in all of those things we are more than conquerors. Nothing, nothing can separate us. Not the devil, not the world, not our own sinful selves, not even death, because God is for us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit that helps us in our weakness, that groans for us when we don't know what to pray for. I ask that you would give us your peace, that you would comfort those who grieve, that you would give wisdom to those who seek for answers for what to do in this earthly life to provide for their families. Father, I ask that you would give us all love for each other, a deep and abiding love. Let us care deeply for one another and let us reach out a hand of friendship to our neighbor, even those who we don't necessarily agree with. Father, your light needs to shine in this world. Jesus is the light of the world and let that light shine in us always, in our broken, cracked pots, in our jars of clay that others may see in us your goodness and your grace, and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for hearing us, for Jesus' sake, who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Oh, hey, DSPS. We celebrate the Reformation on October 31st, which happens to be a Sunday this year. There's really, really cool things that came out of the Reformation. One of the things, I guess I should say five of the things that came out of the Reformation are the five solas, soul things. And I'm going to talk about those for just a minute. 
Sola means alone. There were five things, five things alone, that the Reformers were focused on. Sola fide is by faith alone. Sola gratia is by grace alone. Sola scriptura is by scripture alone. Solo Christo is through Christ alone. And soli Deo Gloria is glory to God alone. Faith alone saves us. We are saved by grace alone, through faith. The scripture alone brings us the word of God, and it is the sole rule and norm for the Christian faith. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Only the scripture. Through Christ, only Christ alone, we have salvation. In Christ alone, our hope is found. And glory to God alone, because there is nothing and no one on this earth that can help themselves, that can save themselves. The glory, all the glory, goes to God alone. God is the author and the finisher of our faith, that faith that alone saves us, by grace alone, written in the scripture alone, and through Christ alone. Glory, glory, glory to God alone. Thank you, friends. I appreciate you all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dicey Stuff, the podcast where Lois talks about this big dicey adventure called life. You're welcome to send your comments and feedback to diceystuffpodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you would, subscribe and share. Until next time, roll on, friends.